Welcome back to the H&H Hour. We're so glad that you've joined us. My name is Heather Tapes, and I am one of the hosts of this awesome podcast. And the mm-hmm. other host is my beautiful sister, and she's sitting right next to me. Hi, guys. I am Heidi Bolt, and Heather and I have been, we've been best friends for 35 years. 35 years. Because since, I'm 35. Since the day you were born. Yes. You were toting me around in your hip at age four. Yep, I sure was. Yep. Been raising babies since I was four years old. Yeah. So speaking of babies, if you guys hear the background giggling and screaming and squealing, those are our children. Yes. Along with our guest children playing and they're having a blast outside. You know, and I think some people would be like, well, you can edit that out, but no way. No way. Mm -hmm. We're leaving those joyful sounds Mm -hmm. in the podcast because that's just, that's amazing. Yeah. And I think Heather, it's the exact point of this podcast. We say ordinary is extraordinary. Right. And for us, we're stay at home moms who Mm -hmm. we do work in ministry from our homes. Mm -hmm. And so that's part of our soundtrack. Yes, it is. Is our kids. And um, admittedly, some days it's like, I cannot answer one more question Mm -hmm. from a three-year-old or a Mm seven-year-old, but it's such a privilege that Mm -hmm. we get to raise them in in the environment that they're with us all the time. You know, it was so interesting. (laughs) My husband shared with me a um, podcast that someone, and I I have no idea who it was, so I'm not going to like point you to the podcast or anything like that, but it was someone very successful, very well-known. I think maybe they had, oh, like the top sports agent who was a female okay um of like of all time wow. so when she was doing this interview and the podcast host was asking her um what something she was oh who was an influ- influential person in her life and okay. she pointed to one of the covey brothers and then she said we are following suit with our family this year and we're going to travel all over and homeschool our kids what and Chris, my husband, was like, okay, I wanted to share this with you because I wanted you to see that some of the smartest, greatest minds Mm -hmm. in the, you know, by worldly standards right now, like they see the value in this and traveling and their kids having experiences. And um, it was just really cool because it was, it was neat for me to see like as a homeschool mom, you know, for me to go, okay, I'm doing okay. This is a pretty okay gig. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I love that. Well, Heather, I think um, our listeners know this, but if you're new to the podcast, sometimes Heather and I chat, and we call those H&H chats, and we talk about whatever God's doing, whatever God's putting in our on our spirit and in our lives, and sometimes we invite guests onto the mm-hmm. podcast, and we give those guests a platform to tell their story, and this morning I was praying over this specific guest, Heather, and I really felt this kind of stirring in my heart, which... Typically, if you're not familiar to the Holy Spirit speaking to you, that's the Holy Spirit usually. Mm -hmm. And I just had this thought that this woman's story is continued proof to me that God exists Mm. um, because of the grace and the forgiveness that this woman has just, she just exhibits Mm -hmm. Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, man, her grace and her forgiveness is so not human. It is supernatural. Mm -hmm. And to me, people's stories like that are what prove God is real. Mm -hmm. God is living and active. He's not a God of old Mm -hmm. that is no longer like Mm -hmm. he is working in our lives. And his power wasn't just for days of old. His power is today. Yes. And I, I see it, you know, sitting across from this beautiful woman, I see it in her Mm -hmm. so much. And a a couple weeks ago we sat at Starbucks with her Mm -hmm. and she told us her story and I mean, the sobbing Mm -hmm. was real. The ugly cry. Mm -hmm. Like I got in my SUV and I like full on cried. Mm -hmm. So we are so excited to welcome this incredible guest to our podcast. Yeah. And I'm going to keep it together here. Um, Tanya Limpesis, welcome to the H&H Hour. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Can we 
be with you ladies and every listener that you have out there. Mm. Can we talk about how we met you, Tanya? Yes. Yeah. Um, I have to think back um, when that was. Mm. Uh, I probably didn't notice the parents. <laughs> That's um, okay. Because I'm kind of busy with the kids. Yeah. But yes. So last year, right? Was that, was that um, or was it two years yeah, ago? Yeah, two. You taught I'm not really two, sure. Two okay. years, I think. So Tanya was the science teacher for mm-hmm. our homeschool class that yeah. we have our kids in. Yeah. And I, I remember the first day mm-hmm. that we met Tanya, that we heard her teach our She kids. was our new teacher. Mm-hmm. So, And we both walked out and went, who is this woman? Yeah. Like, just the wisdom that came out of you, Tanya, mm-hmm. was Aww. so beautiful. And the way you handled our kids and talked to our kids, and you were so... Um, intuitive about each one of them Mm -hmm. we were both very impressed I remember driving away from that first class and my son was five at the time Mm -hmm. so he was very young to be in the class but Mm -hmm. we decided you know he'll pick up some of it and he loved it and Mm -hmm. we left and he said I love our new teacher and he said I especially love it when she claps her hands like this and says bravo (laughs) (laughs) you do that don't you I do that even in my college class, and my students are like, you like Bravo. And I said, well, when you do it right, it is a Bravo. No kidding. So, well, you can they tell them that too. the five-year-olds like that also. Oh. I'm glad. It's always nice when the Lord says to me too, well done. Yes. And so it's nice to hear well done. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, from two mamas that love you, well done. Well, thank yeah. you. We are so... We're truly honored to sit across from you mm-hmm. and um, help you tell your story because mm-hmm. it's such a it's such an impactful one, and I'm so confident God's going to use it in a really powerful way. So, listeners, we're going to ask you to lean in in this next hour. Um, take a deep breath. Grab some tissues. You're going to need them. But before we jump into your story, Tanya, yeah. let's let our listeners get to know a little bit about you. So, tell us about yourself, your girls, your job. Fill us in. Okay, well, I work right here um, in the Peoria area for Illinois Central College. I'm in their math, science, and engineering department. Mm -hmm. I teach general bio and then kind of um, anatomy and physiology at different levels. And um, my girls, I homeschool them, Mm -hmm. and we're a part of, um, uh, let's see, um, PCA. Mm -hmm. Um, And... um, that's that's kind of our life, you know, homeschooling and working is a lot. Yeah. So we kind of, everything is geared around that, and we, um, I really enjoy it. I love, love, love raising uh, my own children. Yeah. And not that everyone has the opportunity to do that, but mm-hmm. I really kind of fight for that. I, mm-hmm. When I was single and working in the world, I ran a school and a daycare, and I just thought, I know these kids better than their parents knew the kids and so I just wanted to I said to the Lord then Lord if you ever give me children I just want to have the opportunity to raise them wow and um not that I didn't enjoy what I was doing I just thought oh man sometimes parents would call me from home and say could you put my kid to sleep Mm. you know and so the kid would get on the phone um but I mean we just had that kind of rapport and relationship that was developed over so many hours in the course of a day wow and so I really always wanted to homeschool my kids, or I always wanted to be impactful in their life. And I love that God answered the desire of your heart and said, okay, here you go. Oh, yeah, that's one of millions of desires of my heart that the Lord has answered. Mm, that yeah. is so cool. That's and how old are your girls now? So Amber is uh, soon to be 14. Mm-hmm. September 19th is her birthday. Mm-hmm. And then um, Sarah is 10. She'll be 11 December 26th. 
So mm-hmm. they are moving along. Amber's a freshman, first year. Woo. Wow. So you know. homeschooling a high schooler. I know. I'm getting help, though. Yeah. I've recruited other people to help out teach some of those classes. So. Yeah, smart, smart <laughs> That's what I need to do. We're talking about that, getting some, some people yeah. in. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Okay, so Tanya, we ask all of our guests these same two questions, mm-hmm. and we'd love to hear their answers because they're so varied. Mm-hmm. Um, what's something about yourself that you feel is ordinary? I think I'm kind of ordinary. I'm just an ordinary person. I haven't, you know, I don't have any... Um, books and I haven't published anything and I'm I'm just you know pretty ordinary just an ordinary gal you know trodden through life I think that's kind of ordinary about me in my field people publish Mm -hmm. and they publish a lot and Mm -hmm. they do research and so I'm on the ordinary Mm -hmm. avenue in that sense so I would say I'm just pretty average girl I love that answer so much because it really is the exact answer for the premise of this show is Mm. that so many of us feel like because we haven't published something, Mm -hmm. because we haven't started a non-for-profit, because we just do these normal lives, you know, that Mm -hmm. pretty much everyone does, that we haven't achieved anything Mm -hmm. or that our lives aren't extraordinary. And the whole point of this is to show that ordinary is actually extraordinary, Mm -hmm. that it's the littlest things in life that are truly the biggest and most important things in life. So your answer is probably my favorite answer I've ever heard. (laughs) Because I haven't written a book either. And in my line of work, which is ministry, that's kind of the, like, oh, you wrote a book. You've Mm -hmm. been published, you know. And so I struggle with that too. Well, Mm -hmm. I'm in ministry and I have been for 20 years, but I don't have a book to show for it. Yeah. Where's your church planning book? You need to get that out there. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So on the flip side, then what's extraordinary? about you? You know, I think my extraordinary part is that the Lord has given me an ability to um, see the detail of a person. Mm. And so um, if I'm in a classroom or I'm in a setting, um, I I don't know, I've just been able to uh, see that person. Mm. And um, I'm so thankful for that. I think um, that's not normal. Um, so I know it's from the Lord and that makes me extraordinary in that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've both witnessed that, mm-hmm. you know, with you teaching oh. our children, mm-hmm. seeing our children. And I remember a specific question that was asked in the classroom and I was sitting back watching my son, knowing he didn't know the answer to the question because he was quite young for the class. And mm-hmm. so I remember all of the big kids answering and then as they would answer, they'd sit down and he was the last man standing And it would have been so easy for you to be like, okay, let's just move on. He's heard all 20 other answers, Mm -hmm. but you looked right at him and you said, Crosley, let's think through what you're, what you think is right in this scenario. Mm -hmm. And you helped him work through that. And I saw him grasp the concept of learning Mm -hmm. with someone who wasn't his mom or his parent. Mm -hmm. And just the respect that I had for you in that moment was really incredible to watch you focus so fully on the one, mm-hmm. you know, and not to see him as a whole, but to mm-hmm. see him as one unique student. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for seeing my son. Well, thank the Lord. Um, honestly, um, it's really his gifting that, yeah. that has allowed me to do that. But I, I really have to say that's a, the extraordinary part yeah. is that you can, can you really see the one? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, the Lord has allowed me to do that. Plus, I always think it's important if you have a classroom of students mm-hmm. or a church full of people. Yeah. Um, you know, Christ sees everyone. Mm-hmm. Yes. And at different times, he asks you to see someone specific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so yeah. Yeah. 
I'm um, glad to be able to do that in my classrooms. Mm. You um, do it so well. I love that thought of he leaves the 99 to pursue the one. And I think mm-hmm. so often um, we think the one is the lost person. Sometimes the one is us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we might know the Lord, but sometimes that's him pursuing us, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and saying, I'm going after you. Even though you know me, I'm going after you, running after you. And yeah. so mm-hmm. being able to do that with people is such a, a Jesus characteristic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... When we line up guests for this podcast, sometimes we know the reason and sometimes we don't. Sometimes mm-hmm. the Lord just puts these names on our minds and we don't really know why. And you're, mm-hmm. you were one of the ones we didn't really know why, um, actually because we didn't know your story. Mm-hmm. So we kept sensing that we were supposed to podcast you mm-hmm. and um, we knew you as our kids' science teacher. Absolutely. And so we were not exactly sure what all of that looked like. But then we sat down with you, and it was so interesting because you said, I'm not really sure if this is a story that would even really be worth telling. And we looked at each other with, like, the biggest eyes. (laughs) Yep, you've got a story. (laughs) So we want to help kind of share that, help tell that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you so beautifully told your story to us in Starbucks. And so Mm -hmm. we would just like to invite you to share with our listeners kind of from the start like you did Mm -hmm. about your life because it's been so so incredibly written. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, on that note, um, I'll start really um, at my very first moment with the Lord. And so um, I grew up in East Tennessee, Southern East Tennessee, and, um, you know, it's the Bible Belt. And so down there, the bigger the Bible, the better Christian you are. (laughs) And um, no one in my family had a Bible. I had a very tiny one that was given to me. Um, and so I kept it and I hid it and we actually didn't go to church very often. I mean, I remember going to church like, uh, twice in my life. Wow. So we didn't really go very often. Um, but one Sunday we did go and I, I can't remember the reason, but when we went, I kind of had this idea, I think in my mind that, um, church is a safe place. Mm. And, um, when we went, we, we were, you know, weren't allowed to talk, weren't allowed to move, weren't allowed to play. You had to sit still for a very long period of time. (laughs) And in the South, that is a long period of time. Yes. (laughs) And, um, it was challenging and, um, but I'm kind of a rule follower, so I was obedient. You know, I didn't really bother me too awfully much. Um, and, uh, one evening this time that we went, uh, we were sitting kind of in the back pew, pretty close to the very last pew. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where all the sinners sit. <laughs> and um, this gentleman came walking in. And you also can see everything in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, but this gentleman came walking in. He sat two pews in front of us. And when he came walking in, he was, um, I mean, we were poor, but I mean, he was like desolate. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looked... Uh, really horrible. He he stunk very badly, had no clean clothes, and they were barely on him. Mm-hmm. You know, they were holy, and, and he was so, so dirty. And uh, two of my close friends that were in my grade were turning around laughing and pointing at him and kind of making fun of him the whole service. And um, I just observed this the whole time. And, and um, when I um, when it was time, you know, the preacher said, you know, open up your Bibles. And well, he didn't have a Bible. And so he was made fun of even more, you know, he didn't have a Bible. And so I just reached over the pew and handed him my Bible and he looked right at me, made eye contact with me. And he said, you know, thank you. Mm -hmm. And, um, I went home that night and we lived in East Tennessee and when it's dark, it's dark. 
And so I was sitting outside, which I never do in the dark. And I was just really unconsolable. I was crying and crying. And my parents tried to console me and they couldn't do it. And um, I really just was, um, I don't know, heartbroken that I maybe thought church was a safe place there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, but I just kept crying and crying. And I um, I asked the Lord then at that point, you know, Lord, are you, <clears throat> are you really real? And um, if you are real, you know, would you be real to me? And it was dark that night. And then, um, you know, the the sky just unzipped um, and the bright light shone and this hand came down and it was extended like a pointing finger. It came down and it touched right where my heart was located. And I felt his presence just begin to flow all the way over me. And he said, I am real and I love you. And I just, you know, I was consoled then. I I was really stopped crying. But I really sought that presence then um, for the rest of my childhood and into, you know, um, being a young, um, a teenager. And so um, my family moved a lot. And so we, you know, wherever we moved to, I would just go from church to church to church to church to church. And um, looking for that presence that I had experienced on that step that night. And um, I... I I went to every denomination you can go. And so there's no one denomination better than another. Yeah. I was really just looking for the presence of the Lord mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And there was lots of great, nice people, wonderful, kind, welcoming. But I didn't find the presence that I had found on that step that day. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted God. I didn't really want nice people. (laughs) I mean, I really was searching for God and I didn't find him there. And so at least what I was, you know, kind of searching for at that moment, not that he wasn't there Mm -hmm. um, by any means, Mm -hmm. but anyway, I was asking, you know, so when I became a senior, I thought a senior in high school, I just thought, you know, I, I kind of must be a Christian because, well, I'm, I must be good because Mm -hmm. I'm not doing what other people are doing. Um, I mean, I had a boyfriend that I had kind of all through high school and we had some turbulent times there, but, um, you know, I wasn't going all the way. I wasn't Mm -hmm. drinking. I wasn't, you know, um, lying to my parents and sneaking out. I wasn't. So I looked at myself and I thought, Oh, I must, I'm, I am, you know, I am pretty good here, people. (laughs) So I must be, cause look at all these other people. Yeah. They are lost. And, um, so I just thought, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. And then um, I had this dream, and um, the dream was that, um, boom, it was the end of the world. That was the dream. Mm -hmm. And we were standing, and there were two big pirate ships, kind of like, you know, and um, one said hell and one said heaven. Mm -hmm. And there was a long line for each one of them. Wow. You know, and um, I was in, of course, the heaven line (laughs) that had an angel standing on it, and it had a big book. And it looked at you, and then it checked off the book, and it looked mm-hmm. at you and checked your name off, and you got on the ship. Mm-hmm. And so I was in the heaven line, and my family was in the hell line. And we were like just, if they would extend their arm and I extend my arm, we could touch. Wow. And I thought I could pull them over. And so I just kept, you know, you know, begging them, come, so reach your hand out. I'll pull you over. I'll pull you over. And one step closer, one step closer, one step closer. And we never got there. Um you know, where I could uh, pull them over. They just kept laughing at me and saying, ha, 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 you're being deceived. Mm -hmm. 
And I said, what? And they said, yeah, you're being deceived. And I said, no, no, you are. Look up there. That is Satan. That's a demon. That's mm-hmm. hell. And um, so when we get on the boat, I run over to the edge of the boat. And I said, grab my hand. I'll pull you over on the boat. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't do it. They said, no, you're being deceived. And I said, no, look right there. And then our boats began to move. And so, of course, the heaven boat goes which direction? Up. And the hell, the hell boat goes where? Well, down. And so mine starts to go up. And then all of a sudden it, it, it jitters, you know, or shakes real badly. And it stops. And I whip my head around. And I look at the angel. And the angel bends over and pulls up its cloak and said, You've been deceived. Mm. Flips the little sign on the boat and says, hell, and down we go. Mm. And boom, I wake up. Wow. I had that dream three times. Wow. And so I was like, you know, oh, my goodness. Um, And then, you know, my boyfriend went out of town, and I was taking care of his house, and I was thinking of things, but not not anything too big. Mm. And um, I needed to use the restroom, and I thought, well... I'm too polite to pee in the pool, so I'm going to ask a neighbor if I can use the restroom. And um, I knocked on a neighbor, and they knew me. Um, They had a daughter my age, and we were in athletics together. And so they're all, oh, hi, Tanya. How are you? Come in. I was like, may I use your restroom? Oh, yes. And they had a Bible on the step. And I thought to myself immediately, I thought, oh, no. (laughs) These people are Christians. I don't really want to talk to them. You know, I've already decided what I'm doing. And um, so then I went up to the restroom and using that. And they weren't just regular Christians, you know. They were fanaticals because they had tracks on the back of their toilet, you know. And I they're thought, in. They're intense. They're, they're intense. I'm thinking, okay, thank God. This is a Thursday night. They're not going to ask me to church. You know, I'm thinking, oh, this is awesome. And, um, you know, so I come out and they're like, hey, what are you doing tonight? And I'm like, oh, I'm not sure. Probably not too much. Oh, good. We have a church service. Would you like to come? Uh, mm, uh, mm, um, I, oh, well, I don't have a, I really, I, I don't really have a way, you know, home. And I rode my bike over there and I said, I don't really have a way home to get back in time. And, oh, well, we'll take you. I said, well, I don't, I don't really have a ride home. Oh, oh, that's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll take you. I said, well, I don't really know anybody. Oh, that's okay. You can go with us, um, you know, and sit with us. And I was like, oh my goodness, these people, I can't figure it out. You know, they won't take no for an answer. And I, I was, it. I was really just too polite to say no. Yeah. You know? And so I thought, okay. I said, well, it can't be too bad. I've been to them all, you know? And so, okay, I'll go. And so I went ahead and went and we, we drove up to this church. It was, it was um faith christian center yeah and so i we pulled up and they had at that time they had pea gravel you know they moved up in the world they've got asphalt over there (laughs) and so uh they had pea gravel and they had this huge big white tent out you know closest to the road there where they have their sign now um and uh so you have this huge tent out on pea gravel and i thought to myself what rinky dink place is this (laughs) that has a tent on pea gravel (laughs) I'm thinking, oh boy. And so we uh, get out and we're walking towards it. And, you know, everybody knows it. They're greeting everyone. <clears throat> the moment I stepped into that tent, that exact same uh, presence of God that I felt on that step that night just hit me in the face. I knew 
God was there. Mm -hmm. And I sat in those meetings, you know, that was Thursday night. I went Friday morning, Friday afternoon, Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday Saturday night, Sunday, I got saved. Mm -hmm. Not only did I get saved, I got filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. with the evidence of speaking in tongues that night. It was like a, a, a... I'd say a 360, but that puts me in the same spot. But it was that big of a turn. It was a major 180 in my life. And um, from that point on, my life has just been set on a different course. Mm -hmm. And um, so I went away to Bible college. I I went uh, from there. I went to church plant. And then from there, I went to uh, start a school and a preschool and um, and then from there I went to Africa and then, you know, so I've gotten to do all these other things. Um, you're right. You're so ordinary. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I am. I really am ordinary. I, I, oh my gosh. I don't have any special skills to do any of those things. Um, so, uh, I, I, I just got to do all those different things and, and each one of those, you know, the Lord kind of has always delivered me of myself. <sighs> And um, the weed isn't really ha- ever been in someone else. It's always been in my own heart. Mm-hmm. And so um, it, that that's just how, how, it, how it's kind of come down. Like when I was in Africa, there were so many different personal battles I had there. I mean, I was laying on my cot one day, and as I was lying there, um, I was asking God to speak to me because I had a traumatic event occur. And I felt this presence coming up over me. And, um, I was like, wait a minute, I know this feeling. And, um, the feeling actually was fear. Mm. And yet I had a familiar feeling to that fear. And, um, I was like, wait, all this time I thought that was God speaking to me. And really it was fear. I was, Mm. I made some decisions in my life based on fear. Mm. And, um, so the Lord just pulled that weed right out of my heart, you know? Mm. And, um, so he delivered me in that way. And, um, and there was other things, you know, I was uh, kind of physically attacked over there and I was trying to work through that and I was really kind of mad at God. And, um, I said to him, you know, uh, look, I don't get you. And, uh, honestly, I don't get your ways. Mm-hmm. And I, at this really point in my life, don't care to get you and I don't care to get your ways. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I was really mad and I, 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 I don't suggest this, but I, you know, I, I was so mad. I threw my Bible at the wall and you know, it was like a, one of those little cartoons, you know, where the bug slides all the way down yeah. the wall. That's exactly what happened. You know, mm-hmm. the Bible threw all the way down the wall. And then I went to sleep. I had a great sleep mm-hmm. and I got up the next morning and the Lord had on um, my mind and heart. I couldn't escape it. Matthew 13. And so I opened it up and it talks, it answers every question that I had for God that morning. Mm-hmm. And I mean the previous day. And so um, you know, he's just speaking to me and pulling out little weeds in my heart and changing uh, my view of him. Mm-hmm. I really think for the current trial that we're experiencing, mm-hmm. you know, that he prepares you that way yeah. for what's ahead, for what's coming. And yeah. um, so I could see that, you know, now I can see yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, I certainly wouldn't have seen that uh, any other way, I think. Mm-hmm. So um, when I came back to America, then I, um, I, I went and got a master's and, and then um, I met my future spouse and um, we got married. He was very successful. He was um, the most winningest coach and um, at Concordia University in Chicago. And um, he uh, just had a great rapport. He has so many personal 
uh, giftings and um, one is humor. Um, <laughs> but he's really um, very um, um, attractive to me at that particular time. And so um, <clears throat> uh, we got married and then we um, bought a house out in the suburbs. We had Amber, we had Sarah. And then one day uh, he was fired. And um, I really didn't know um, why. Um, he had a story that he was telling us, just up out of the blue. And, um, of course, I believed his story. Yeah. And um, because uh, this is my husband. Yeah. I, I love him. You had you no know? reason not to believe him. No, uh, I would never. Uh, yeah, you You know, you. I, I wouldn't even have thought of. It didn't even cross my mind that the that lying was a part of anything, mm-hmm. especially our life. You know, um, we love the Lord and, um, we were walking with him. And so I, I, I didn't even, wasn't even a consideration. And so, um, this went on for about a year of him trying to find jobs here, there and everywhere. And people from all over the country calling him, asking him what happened, you know, where were the lead story on the evening news in Chicago. And so it was a big deal. You know, we had media at our front door asking us questions and, so it was a major disruption, I would say, in our life. Yeah. But still, you know, I, I just had faith, you know, God would provide and, and uh, it'd be fine. And um, so we had some friends come up to visit us in Chicago uh, to go to actually a Heidebaker, um seminar. And um, we went to that and our friends were the Smiths, Mary and Terry Smith. Um, and uh, we went together with them. And we had a couple other friends that we met there at this particular conference they had prophetic ministry and um you know i was aware of prophetic ministry but you know i wasn't really 100 percent comfortable with it mm-hmm. and um so the people in my group were like hey you got to sign up for this it goes really fast and you know are you you want to do this and i was like ee, 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 ee. and they kind of signed me up you know? <laughs> and so i'm like okay and um, again, I was too polite to say no. Yeah. And um, and so then uh, I went ahead and went. And so the person I'm with, they're, they're giving me this prophetic word. And it's really long and lengthy. And when I sit down, the lady goes, whoa, wow, God's going to do something. I'm like, oh, well, that's prophetic, <laughs> you know. And and uh, I'm like, okay. You know. You're, uh, you're good. Yeah. You're good at your job. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I won't be cynical. And, um, and so, uh, as we sit down, she goes, wow, I wish I could just get your name and number because I just want to hear what God's going to do. I want to hear the story. I want to see it play out. And I'm like, okay, all right. I'm thinking my, my husband's going to get a wonderful job and we're going to get back on track. And, um, that's kind of what I was thinking and feeling at the moment. So she goes on, she goes, first off, God wants me to tell you that he is pleased with you. Mm-hmm. He loves you. He's pleased with you. And I go, okay, yeah, no, 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 no. He's pleased with you. Mm-hmm. And he's going to answer all your prayers you have been praying. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, 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 good. And she goes, and you're really going to be involved in prison ministry. Like it's going to be very close to you. And she goes, do you know anybody in prison ministry? No. <laughs> do you, have you ever worked in prison No. 
Um, is your life anywhere around prison ministry? Uh, no, no, uh-uh, no, no, I don't know. But I will pray about that, you know. And so she's like, wow, that's really what God's telling me. I'm like, okay, all right. And then she went on to say some other things. And um, so when we got out of there, uh, everybody was like, how was it? How was it? And I was like, uh, looks like I'm headed to prison ministry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, kind of giggling about it, you know, and um, and so I just held on to the word that, you know, the Lord loves me and he's pleased with me. Mm-hmm. And I also held on to the part of that that word that said um, what you've been praying, he's going to fulfill. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, what have I been praying? You know, like, OK, who have I prayed for? I got this person I want saved, that person I want saved. I started going down that list. And honestly, the Holy Spirit was prompting me that that's not what he's talking about. And so then I said, OK, uh, uh, what is it? And so I have this Bible. I brought it here today. It's called the Daily Walk Bible. And um, I bought it a long time ago. And I have tried to read it in a year. And, well, this is year 2018, and I'm still trying to read it. So <laughs> what I did was, after a while, I started writing down the day and year that I read that, that piece. Mm. And that way I could be finished with it. And so what I did was, is I went home that day, and I... I asked, uh, okay, what did I, what have I been praying? Mm. And so I'll just show, I'll just read um, a few of them if that's, yes. um, you know, okay. I thought, okay, what have I been praying? And um, so I, what I do is I circle or underline things and then I pray those things, yeah. right? And so um, if you look at Psalms, it's really Psalms 84, 85, 86. Well, let's see, through 91. And, um, but the ones that I underlined were things like, bend down, O Lord, and hear my prayer. Answer me, for I need your help. Protect me, for I'm devoted to you. Save me, for I serve you and I trust you. You are my God. So teach me your ways, O Lord, that I, that I may live according to your truth. For the Lord is our light and our protector, and he gives grace and glory. No good thing will the Lord withhold from those who do what is right. Hmm. And so it's over and over again um, in these Psalms, it talks about deliverance and then it talks about the hand of God. And so I just started saying, okay, Lord, whatever you want. And I was teaching um, at Wabonzi Community College at the time. And so I got up and um, I was getting ready for class and um, I get up about five to get ready and I look at my PowerPoint before. And then when I'm getting ready, I just think of, I asked the Lord actually to give me the illustrations that, that would best suit this group of students mm-hmm. so that they connect with the material and kind of understand it as I'm getting ready. And, um, I go to the computer and as I look at the computer, um, there's an email up and I'm not real familiar with whose it is. And, um, and I thought it might be my sister's. She was over the night before. and um, But it wasn't. And uh, I started to just read what was on the screen. It said, I am a gay man living in a straight world. And these are the things I'd like to do to you. So when we meet, it must be discreet. And I was just like, who is this? And so I, I, I looked up the top to see who it was. Well, about two days before... 
um, my husband had called and said, oh, honey, I, I, I'm in a football pool and I got to put my picks in and, you know, we go anonymously because, you know, technically you're not supposed to do this. I said, okay, well, what's your name? You know, what's your code name and what's the password? And so he told me, you know, it's a star child six. And I said, okay. And so, you know, what picks did you want? And so I did that for him. And so when I looked up on this email at the very top and it said the name is star child six. So I ran into the bedroom, I flipped over my husband, and I said, are you a gay man living in a straight world? And he goes, no, 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 honey, no, I love you. Those are, those are just fantasies. No, 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 not at all. And, um, well, I had to get ready to go to class. I was just, you know, I mean, my world now was, I mean, rocked. It was yeah. different than anything. One, I would even ever perceive. Yeah. And so on the way there, of course, I'm just talking to the Lord. And um, as I'm leaving class, those poor students, as I'm leaving <laughs> class, I'm driving home. And I said to the Lord, Lord, what am I to do? And the Lord said to me, I want you to just love him. And I said, well, what does that look like? How do you do that? How do you... Uh, how do you love someone who's betrayed you? How do you love someone who um, your entire life is no longer? How do you? So I really began to ask the Lord, what does that look like? You know, I, you help me to what that looks like. So when I got back to the house, um, I said to my husband, um, look, I don't know what you're involved in and I don't know where it will take us, but I will walk wherever and as dark as it gets with you. Um, whatever, you know, I asked the Lord what to do and he wants me to love you. And so I will do just that. And um, he just broke down in tears. And, you know, I thought maybe it was going to work because he was like, oh, yes, yes, I want to get help. I want to be faithful. I want to do these things. And so we went that route for about a, about, about a month and a half. And then when the contract came in, um, he went, we went with a, a specific ministry that would help with these types of things. And um, when you get the contract, it's kind of like a 12-step program, really. Um, and so the contract was, I will not look at pornography. I will not um, look at men lustfully. I will not. I mean, it's just a whole big, long line of I will nots. And you sign each line. Mm -hmm. And as um, we were going over this together, because that's what he wanted to do, I could see the continents in him change. Mm -hmm. You know, he went from, yeah, I want to do this to um, stop. I cannot do this. Mm -hmm. This isn't who I am. It's not who I was created to be. Mm -hmm. And um, I said, what do you mean? <laughs> Please tell me. Mm -hmm. And um, he uh, proceeded to say, uh, this is it. I'm, I'm done. Packed his things up and left. Wow. And so uh, I did what I, I think any ordinary person does, right? You're tra it's traumatic. I mean, it's a night and day thing. Yeah. And uh, I called my close friends, yeah. uh, Mary and Terry Smith, and I said, uh, I think we need a place to live. <laughs> mm. Can we come there? I really needed a place, an environment where, one, people knew me. Because our story was still a lead story. And um, as life began for the next seven years, which has been seven years, um, 
the activities of his life have unfolded. And so those activities have involved the state's attorney, um, the FBI, local police, and several different counties, um, all of which I've had to be a part of and had to do interviews with. And um, so it's traumatic. And um, I needed a place where they knew me, right, and um, would be safe for my girls. Um, Because you really need to know the truth when you're in the midst of a battle. You really can't be around individuals like friends of Job Mm-hmm. Um, because that really way, I mean, the weight of the trial is already heavy. So you certainly can't add more lard to the problem. Yeah. And, um, so I came here and of course, you know, the Smiths, oh, oh, you know, were open armed and helped us. And, and then it was a process of just dealing with his unveiling of who he is. Then he was a, you know, he was arrested being with a 16 year old in the back seat of his car, um, then he had two civil suits brought against him. Um, and so the the story that he was telling a year and a half earlier um, wasn't anywhere close to the truth. He actually was having um, sexual relationships with one of his players, and he taped it, and he paid the student for it. Mm-hmm. And then he was having multiple sexual affairs with multiple men of multiple ages in multiple places. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... Um, so that's really kind of what unfolded. And um, so um, I kept going back to the Lord. Okay, what, what, what does it look like now? Every time I'd get a new piece of information, whether it was from the FBI or the police or just my own Googling him, yeah. you know, um, because I never got the truth from him ever. Mm. And he only told me what he needed to tell me um, because I would see it in a brief. Um, but he never would say anything otherwise. And so I honestly didn't know what was real. There was a point where I was like, I don't know who to believe. I don't know if I should believe the FBI or if I should believe my husband, who I've known of seven years. So um, it was really challenging. Um, And I kind of felt like I was free falling, you know, like backwards. And, you know, but the Lord always came back and he said to me, you know, I am real. And I love you. And I said, well, what does that look like? Because what I see isn't really lovely, right? And so I think, you know, you fall back on exactly what Scripture says, Mm -hmm. is that God is faithful, God is kind, God is good. He's a good king, a good God. And so, you know, you fall back on that, and that's exactly what I did. So I never really was mad at God, but I certainly didn't care. You know, and so there was a point where I was just like, I could care less. How much worse could it get? I mean, my reputation was ruined. I was financially ruined because he obviously, he was gambling things away. Mm -hmm. I thought we had a lot. We actually were in a debt, almost a half a million dollars, Mm -hmm. most of which was in my name. Mm -hmm. And so I was financially ruined. My reputation was ruined. I mean, my marriage was over. It was really desolate if you looked at everything around you but you know god put scripture in your heart to lift your head and one of the scriptures that he put in my heart was the one where it talks about god is the lifter of our head and so i just said lord you know lift let me feel you lift my head and um 
So, um, you know, it brings us to where we are today. So he was convicted. He's uh, convicted for just over 10 years in um, a state penitentiary. And, um, and so that brings us to, okay, Lord, I'm to love him. So I continually um, fall back to that. So I take his calls. Um, I talk to him about, you know, where is he at with the Lord? What does that look like? Who is he? And um, so everything where it talks about in scripture where the Lord was, um, well, where, where people um, weren't faithful in following him or um, they hurt him and things like that. I could say now I know how that feels or I know what that looks like. Um, but, you know, I am uh, in a great community that loves the Lord. And without God's hand, I wouldn't be here today. And so he's always, you know, been faithful to me, even if the struggle is like not, you know, maybe accepted or normal or every day but yeah so that's where we are today we live right here in Peoria um and um so I'm a single mom with uh you know it, you have different titles and you know you had to work through that at least I had to work through that and you know what is it what are these titles mean and honestly at working through different titles I just said you know my identity is in who Christ is yeah. it never is in a title it's not my teaching. It's, it's not my ability to travel or do or be a part of this organization or that. Really, my identity is in Christ. And I, uh, I just rest in that. And then the Lord takes care of it. We didn't have a place to live. You know, we have a home completely uh, paid for, and it's all mine. You know, we didn't really have transportation. We have that completely paid for. It's mine. Um, so, you know, God takes care of, um, all these things. I didn't do those things. Mm -hmm. You know, the Lord took care of all that. And so he'll do that continually now. Yeah. So you told us that you sometimes take his calls multiple times a day. Multiple times. Yeah. While sometimes. He's in prison. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's the piece of your prison ministry that yes. you were prophesied about. Yes. And then you're able to go and visit him and mm -hmm. yep. your girls get to still be a part of his life. Yeah, that was really hard. I mean, it's one thing to be an adult and handle these things. I mean, as a parent, I really put it before the Lord, you know, how do I handle these things? And so every single time I've asked God, you know, Lord, um, you know, what, what do I say to my children and when? Yeah. And, um, so when, I mean, it was a disruption, you got to understand we yeah. were living one way. Mm -hmm. It was a disruption mm -hmm. for their father to not come home mm -hmm. and for us not to have a wonderful life. Well, Cause you guys were very successful. Yes. You, you yes. and him. Yes. Very successful. Very successful. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, um, we, yes, we had many, many, many material things and, but we were well respected in our fields. Yeah. And, um, and plus within our church community and within our home, yeah. we never argued. We didn't have any of that. Um, we had a wonderful relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, at least so I thought, yeah. and, um, yeah, it was a disruption. And so I was like, what do I tell my girls? Yeah. I mean, I really wanted my girls to, um, love their dad. Yeah. 
And um, I've seen so many so many times where that doesn't happen, and I never wanted that for my own children. And so, um, so the Lord gave me a scenario to say, you know. Um, so I told him this. I, you know, this came from the Holy Spirit. I asked the Holy Spirit, Lord, show me what to do. He told me what to do. Yeah. And so um, I uh, asked the Lord what to do, and He said, um, "Well, tell him this: the daddy's caught in a trap." And when, when someone's caught in a trap, they can't, they can't get out of that trap. They actually have to be um, saved up out of the trap. And we're caught in the sin uh, trap, all of us. And until, um, you know, we follow Christ and Christ redeems us, um, then, you know, you're caught in that trap. And so he has to call out to the Lord mm -hmm. and ask Jesus for salvation and to walk with him. And so... Um, that, that's what I told them. And so they understood that. And, you know, daddy can only love you according to that trap. Yeah. You know, he can't, he, he, his sin overtakes him. So what little he can love, it's for you. Yeah. Wow. And, um, they, they both, um, were like, they understood that. And, um, that gave him peace and harmony. And then, um, you know, our part of it was to love daddy regardless of the amount of love he gave or didn't give. Wow. And um, so then um, we we did that. And um, then one day, you know, my girls were asking questions. So I asked the Lord, okay, at what point do I say whatever and whenever? And um, <clears throat> so um, when my girls were asking what was the trap, then I had to, you know, be forward and say what the trap is. And that's challenging, you know, as a parent, because you're you want then to walk them through how do you love someone when you can clearly see what they're doing is not right, yeah. and um, to be unfaithful is not right. To um, be deceptive, to not um, walk in his ways, are wrong. And so um, it was very challenging then to walk them through and say, okay, um, how do you love, well, kind of the unlovable? You know, how do you do that when it's a parent? Yeah. And um, <clears throat> so uh, when he was uh, convicted and off on his way to prison, this just this last December, I asked the Lord again, Lord, what am I going to say to my girls? <laughs> and the Lord says, well, tell them what a timeout is. I go, okay. So I began to explain to them timeout. Both of them were like, Mom, we know what a timeout is. And I said, well, you know adults get timeout too? Did you know that? Adults get timeout? And so that's exactly what Daddy's in. And his timeout is with reduced sentencing time is seven and a half years he has a timeout for. Yeah. Because according to our society, he's done something wrong. Yeah. Um, and according to God's law, he's done a great, grievous mm -hmm. but this is how society handles it yeah. and so we're going to love daddy mm -hmm. even though he's in a timeout. Yeah. so uh how do you do that <clears throat> you know how what does that look like lord and um so then you know he would come down once a month so we go to visit him in prison once a month um he um you know calls and so we always take his call mm -hmm. and then you know we either pray with him and before, when he would come down, I'd say, may I pray with you before you leave? And he would go, oh, okay. You know, and he'd be looking at his nails or rolling his eyes, and I would be praying for him. 
So now he's in prison and I say, oh, may I pray for you? And he goes, oh, yeah. And could you ask the Lord? Could you do this? Could you do that? And I said, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Let me let me ask the Lord to bless you. Let me ask the Lord to do these things for you. Let me ask the Lord to draw your heart so that he would that you would know him and you'd yeah. be set free. And then let me let me let me. So, excuse me. So, um, I, um, I do exactly that because, you know, when the Lord says, um, will you, and I said, oh yes, I will Lord. Um, I really never thought it would look this way. Um, but you know, um, that, that Heidi Baker conference, she said, you know, will you be willing to die for one? I thought about that at that conference. I still think about that sometimes today. And I say, am I willing? Like when I'm tired and I see it's his call, I say, well, Lord, am I willing? Yeah. Am I willing? And um, so, <clears throat> yeah, we love him. And my girls love him. <laughs> they love him. I think if adults want their children to love the unlovable, um, then you have to allow the Holy Spirit to move on you to love the unlovable and um, not put your, what you think, or maybe possibly, you know, I mean, what I thought I deserved, you know, mm. um, forward. And um, really um, what I deserve um, is really hardships, horrible mm. things. But through Christ, um I've been redeemed, yeah. you know, even though uh, trials come, really, Christ has never left me. He's never forsaken me, regardless of what darkness I've walked through. Um, you know, he's never left me. Yeah. And so he continues. If you simply ask him, and you know, my life has been really simple. I simply ask God, you know, Lord, what am I to do? How am I going to do this? How is this going to happen? Um, then he answers, and I do what he says. That is an incredible story of faith. And I just am sitting here wondering how I know the, I know what the answer is. I know that it is Jesus, but so many of us, I think, would have allowed our hearts to become so bitter mm. and so turned inward to ourselves and become the victim. And I hear none of that in you. Well, I had to ask God. I mean, I asked him, you know, well, what about me? Mm -hmm. You know, what, what about, hello, hello, mm -hmm. hello. Okay, I love this guy. You know, when I was getting, when we were working through um, his life being revealed, mm -hmm. you know, the FBI had said to me, um, you need to go and get all these medical tests done. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to go do this. You need to go do that, you know. And so, you know, I was getting all these things taken care of. And and um, every place I went um, in the medical field, they they all their sympathy was for Spiro, mm -hmm. for my husband. Mm -hmm. um, the fact that, oh, this poor guy, he's lived this horrible life where he has had to... Um, you know, hide who he is and suppress who he is. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I, I really was like, what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. My husband was just unfaithful mm -hmm. and, um, he's deceived. He's lied. He's cheated. He's, I'm sorry. What did, what, what mm -hmm. did you say? Wow. You know, so it was really challenging. Um, 
And I got to a point where I said, okay, whom will I serve today? Mm. Will I serve the Lord, who this is who scripture says he is? Mm. Or will I um, serve Satan? Mm. I mean, it was just that clear for me. Mm. Just who will I serve today? Um, And so I just said, okay, I don't feel like it. Like every feeling I have right now is like, wrong, (laughs) Mm. but I'm going to do what I know is right to do. And so I know the Lord says this, and so I'm going to believe it even though I don't feel it. Mm. And so I really think feelings are a misguide. Mm. So God speaks, and then he confirms it through his word. Mm -hmm. And like prophetic words, he confirms that through his word too. Yes, And so... Um, I just said, okay, I'm not going to be guided by feelings. Yeah. And so here's what I know is right to do. Sure. I'm going to do that because I, I believe what Christ said. Hmm. And so that's what I do. I believe him. Wow. And so even though I may not have the reputation I had or the, the figure I once had or the job I once had, I know that he's faithful. And all things, all things fall under his authority. I'm quite confident there are probably listeners thinking, how in the world could she take this approach? And this morning I was praying over your family, Tanya. Mm-hmm. Thank and you. I, I actually asked the Lord, I said, Lord, how, like, how could she have so much forgiveness? And I read this passage, and I want to share it because I think it's important for somebody here. It's 2 Corinthians 3, starting in verse 17. It said, for the spirit is for, sorry, it says, for the Lord is the spirit and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. And for the listeners going, how in the world could she forgive? How in the world could she accept that you need to love him? You know, mm-hmm. how, how is she not filled with hate? How is she not filled with bitterness? It's because you, the Lord touched you. The Lord removed yes. that veil from mm-hmm. your eyes, that mm-hmm. deception, and allowed you to see the spirit of God. And from that moment, as that little girl sitting on that step, you've pursued that spirit. And mm-hmm. that presence. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's why, you know, I think you said it. You said everything is preparing us mm-hmm. for what's to come. And mm-hmm. I believe that your pursuit of the Spirit is why you're able to walk with grace and forgiveness and integrity and mm-hmm. love mm-hmm. for the man that you were married to. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's an incredibly beautiful thing for you to act so much like Jesus in a very hard situation. Mm-hmm. Because I'm quite confident no one would blame you for acting the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, probably. But if I look at myself and I'd say, well, when I do wrong, um, I want people to forgive me. Yeah. But I really was motivated, too, by my girls. I yeah. I want I wanted them to understand the power of love and you know, the Lord really put that on my heart as, you know, as parents, we have responsibilities, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, God puts that on each parent. Mm -hmm. And that's really what he put on my, on me is Mm -hmm. that, 
you know, when my girls see someone, I don't want them to see their sin. Mm. I want them to see them. That's so good. And so, um, you know, the Lord has to work on me to be able to do that. And then when they're adults, you know, then they too will walk, hopefully, mm-hmm. uh, under the Lord's guidance and yeah. feel his presence and know that regardless of what happens in this temporal life, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, God is at work and he works in ways um, that we do not see. And if it's taking away titles that I thought I owned mm-hmm. so that I have a place in the kingdom, mm-hmm. well, then bring me a bad husband. Right? As long as I have a place in the kingdom. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing your story. Yeah, thank you, guys. Um, Thanks for I'm listening. I'm confident that so many people, they're just going to be challenged to look at their perspective on yeah. the struggles that they're going through in their lives yeah. and really ask the Lord. I love you kept saying, I asked the Lord. What mm-hmm. do I do? I asked the Lord. Mm-hmm. I asked the Lord. Go to the Lord. Ask him. You know, he will answer us. He always mm-hmm. answers. He, he's just waiting for us to ask sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he's not going to force himself on us. He's waiting mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. So if that's you and you feel that, you know, what do I do? Ask the Lord. Go to, go ask him for a word. He'll confirm it through his word. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just confident that that, that is going to be life-changing for you as it was for Tanya. Heather, I think, you know, you look at this world and there's so much suffering, but God's word shows us that there's hope in suffering. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, Tanya's story is so powerful because, you know, really that's pretty much worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. And many people listening probably can't even begin to fathom how they would cope. Mm-hmm. Um, but God's word says this, Second Corinthians 4, verse 8, it says, We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we mm-hmm. are not crushed. Mm-hmm. We are perplexed, but we are not driven to despair. Mm-hmm. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus mm-hmm. so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Mm-hmm. And that's what I see when I look at this woman sitting here is the life of of Jesus. Yes. And, her. and I believe that it doesn't just apply to worst case scenarios. So mm-hmm. I believe it applies to the mom who might be at home struggling right now, you know, because she has littles and they're not sleeping, you know, yeah. turn your eyes to Jesus, fix your eyes on, ask Jesus, what is the answer yeah. here? Mm-hmm. It applies to someone who's in a, in a marriage that just is stagnant. Yeah. You know, it's not just worst case scenario. Absolutely. Jesus meets us at every point. Yeah of our need. Um, and I think sometimes we think, well, my life's not that bad or like my problems aren't that, that Mm -hmm. extreme. Yeah. And we don't go to Jesus because they're not Mm -hmm. that extreme. Right. Mm -hmm. But yet he longs for us Mm -hmm. to lay ourselves at his feet and worship him and say, here we are now fill me up, Mm -hmm. you know, use me, heal me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and Tanya, the overwhelming theme that I hear in your story was you constantly asking the Lord, now what? Yeah. Yeah. How do I respond? How mm-hmm. do I act? And, um, but you had this beautiful dialogue with him mm-hmm. and it, you know, that's mm-hmm. why when life handed you this unthinkable, mm-hmm. you were able to handle, you were able to cope, even though you were mm-hmm. so broken and so probably sad and grieving. Oh yeah. You were able to cope. Yeah, I had something I didn't want. Yeah. And 
um, it's really hard when you're you're walking with the Lord and then you have something you don't want. Yeah. <laughs> so mm. how do you walk through that? You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was really hard. I was like, well, I didn't. Ha- I didn't want this. Mm. I did not want to have. I did not want to have a broken marriage. Yeah. I, that's not something that comes from me. I. I look. I. I work backwards to work things out. Yeah. So I, I just didn't. I just didn't get it. You know. Mm. And. Um, at some point, you have to surrender to who God is and understand that um, he works for your good. That's right. And so I just surrendered to the truth of that. I wasn't surrendering that, oh, okay, this is okay. I was surrendering to the truth of who God is. Look, am I am I going to be the, the strength of my life mm-hmm. or is God the strength of my life? Mm-hmm. And um, I'm a strong person in general. Mm-hmm. Um so it's challenging to to do that. And so, yeah, I, I just asked, to, Lord, help me to surrender to you because right now I, I just don't, I don't get it. I just don't see it. So it was really challenging. Yeah. But, I mean, I think in every struggle is challenging for that person. Yeah. You know, even if it's, um, you don't feel loved in your relationship, um, you're probably not loved in your relationship, mm-hmm. you know. And so how do you deal with that? How do you walk through that? How do you, you know, what do you, what do you do with those feelings? And yeah. Because we act upon the feelings that we have. Mm-hmm. And so when I was having negative thoughts and feelings, I was like, mm, I don't want to act upon these. Yeah. But man, it's all I've got. Yeah. So I just had to tell myself that's a lie. Yeah. When you also chose to surround yourself with really strong, godly people. Absolutely. You know, the family you moved in with, we know them personally. And you could not have chose with more wisdom because mm-hmm. we know they directed you to Jesus. Oh yeah. They pointed you back probably over and over and over. Well, they're praying for me. Yeah. They're praying for me. I mean, I just didn't even know what to say at times, yeah. you know, um, but they're praying for me. Yeah. That's what we came here is that, you know, I have people that known me for 30 plus years and um, they would know I'm not crazy. Yeah. Um, so, uh, or they also wouldn't take our story and, you know, kind of, make it something it isn't. Yeah. And uh, that was a really big deal because the media does do that. And yeah. so, you know, if they heard the story on the news or they read it, we were on ESPN outside the lines. If you know, it was on there, they would, um, you know, not use that and exploit it or whatever. Yeah. Cause they know your heart. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I really wanted a safe place for my girls yeah. um, so they could just be kids. Yeah. They could just be themselves and not have to take on the sins of their father. Yeah. And um, I like in scripture where it talks about in, um, in Ezekiel where um, the Lord says, I will forgive you and you will not bear the weight and sins of your your generations before you. So good. And I was like, oh, yes, I claim the truth for my family. Right. Yes. I, tr- I claim yes. that for my girls. Yes. Um, because just spiritual warfare is heavy. And yeah. so, I mean, there were times where I was just doing spiritual warfare for my children. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, that's why we really came down here is to be around people that love God mm-hmm. unconditionally yeah. and know that God works in ways that we cannot see. That's right. And they don't judge you accordingly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had lots of people want to say to me, um, I was a part of the problem and I needed to, and granted, maybe, maybe so. Um, and, um, you know, I, I mean, you do have people like that mm-hmm. come with good intentions mm-hmm. to help 
help you with what they see mm-hmm. and then how you handle those things. Yeah. I just put that back to the Lord too, because I, I really can't unpack all that for somebody yeah. else, you know, yeah. Yeah. but, um, I mean, at times I said, Lord, are you there? Mm-hmm. And, um, he would direct me in a scripture where it would say, I care for the grass on the, on the hill where no one goes. Yeah. And then I would just feel his presence over me and him saying to me, oh, and you're so much more than grass. That's right. <laughs> you know, and I'd go back to that prophecy. Ah, he adores me. He loves me. Yeah. And um, so that that prophetic word, I have leaned on it. Yeah. And the scripture verse that you read yeah. where, um, yeah, I've leaned on that and the mm-hmm. lifter over my head. I just leaned on those. Yeah. And then they've carried me you know, through yeah. all the emotional turmoil. So yeah, it's challenging, hmm. you know, how you unpack your feelings, but I think it's important to shelve them hmm. and say, you know, God, you can work this out even in my own heart. That's so good. Well, thank you. Yeah. Again. Thank you guys. Mm-hmm. It's been such an honor to be able to share your story and hear mm-hmm. it. I can't wait to see what the future holds. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a pretty cool ending that God gets to write in your family yeah thank you so listeners we thank you so much for listening if you have any questions or you want to reach out to us and ask for prayer or just need some encouragement um, maybe something you've heard today has caused you to have questions or just just need some someone to tell to share with um, message us you can find us on instagram at the hnh hour you can also email us at the hnh hour at gmail.com and we respond to every single request that we get so we thank you so much for listening and we will chat with you next time